morning tip. Good afternoon. It is August 28th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? We have made it. Last week, week zero, college football has officially started. We officially have FIBA games that actually count. And this Saturday, there were just all sorts of sports, real sports. It wasn't even just like, ah, you know, I'm going to kind of try to force this. No, stuff that I made sure I was awake so I could watch the FIBA. And then the afternoon, Notre Dame kicked off the, uh, the the football slate. I think there was only, you know, there was only a handful of games, but that was a bunch of fun. And, you know, I'm definitely more of a college basketball guy than a college football guy. But you better believe as soon as uh, Notre Dame started scoring touchdowns over in Ireland, oh, boy, was I fired up. I was a big fan of that. So, yeah, I am in all the way on college football right now. All right, you want to talk about some FIBA basketball? <laughs> okay. Let's go. That's how <laughs> I, it started I, Saturday. I, I made sure my alarm was set. I made sure I didn't get too crazy Friday night because I wanted to be up. I wanted to be ready. It was not nearly as early as the uh, that, that Women's World Cup game, but I said, you know what? America's playing. I am going to be up. I'm going to be ready. You made sure you were already up. You were already ready to go, and, you know, just keep me accountable. And I was there. Oh, come I, was, on. Eight, I saw a tip, ready to go. Eight eight forty five is is not is not that early. If anything, this was complimentary to the East Coast. It's it's certainly asking for a lot more in the other time zones. So I, I I had no issue with this. This was great to wake up and kind of have something to throw on immediately, and and not only have something to put on, but uh, there ended up being some really good games over the past couple of days, and it's it's nice to have them kind of queued up to play later. If you have a, a Hulu account with a Disney Plus or, or ESPN Plus or whatever that ends up all being bundled together with. Uh, it, it actually works out pretty good. You can see the, some of the older games. I did notice when you go to the older games, because it's still uh, the Hulu platform, they're, they're labeled as episodes. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> hate it. I don't hate it, but it was like, you know, yesterday's episodes was just like yesterday's uh, group of games. Uh, but I, I, have, I have been entertained, and I was entertained with Team USA. I think a lot of the issues we were kind of uh, reiterating from the previous game, it certainly happened again, I think, this game, a bit of a slow start, a competitive game. Against uh, what was it, New Zealand, of which I don't know if you heard about the warm up, but you know I think everyone's been crit- critical of the starting lineup kind of being a little disappointing and getting off to a slow start. Did you hear what they had to do before the game? The, the laundry list of things that happened before this game started. Like you get what thirty minutes to warm up. Like of of that thirty minutes, like twenty of it was occupied by a team photo, a dance routine for their first opening ceremony, the player introduction, the national anthem of both teams. The New Zealand war dance, the the haka, uh, which was also a thing, and and then and then there was some drama. There was there was an imposter fan in a in a New Zealand uniform that got on the court that they had to then scoop up. It ended up being some like huge uh, Instagram follower person that I I don't even know anything more than that. But like all of this happens right before the game. The the rumor and the report I, I was getting is that the Team USA really only warmed up for like ten minutes. Is is that it, enough? It looked that way. Is that enough of an excuse for for, for the way it, the opening was? I mean, Kerb pulls four subs in the first five minutes, and I'm I'm shocked he waited that long because it was not a, a great start. I, I I'm happy with the way we finished, and I still have a lot of faith in this team. But man, some really rough shooting. I mean, what what are you supposed to do with Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingram? I thought they got the shots they wanted. Just they're just not going in. Is is it more than that? It, it I. Like I said, I woke up ready for tip. I did not see or hear all of that hoopla that happened ahead of time. And I'm more on the, hey, no excuses, you're a professional. But kind of part of being a professional is that you have a set amount of time to prepare 
accordingly. And you know, okay, this is what I do. I wake up at this time. I do this walkthrough. I take a nap. Like, everything is very regimented. So to have all this stuff thrown at you that, you know, I made, I made a joke about, the, you know, they were doing the haka beforehand and that distracted, the, you know, these guys and it was intimidating and that's why they got off to a slow start. But I do think if you don't get your full amount of warm up, that, yeah, I think that would, would distract you and would take you a little longer to uh, get going. And it really did look like the the second string, you know, the bench guys were better than, than our starters. I think I said earlier that they're just the more consistent roster. Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves, Paulo Benchero, they, they, they have been our, our steady anchors, I think, throughout all of this. And they are the playmakers. They are the guys that don't look scared. They are the guys that are also just making shots. It, it may boil down to just that play the guys that are making shots. I, I do think. Do you think it's that they are le like legitimately better, or do you think it's the competition where our bench is going against the other team's bench? So you, you know, the starters are, hey, you're pretty close to NBA level, you can hang. But once you get to the that next step down, just no team is nearly as deep as our team is, and they're able to just feast on that. I think Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves, and even uh, Pollard is, to a certain degree. Those those three guys are looking at the opportunity of the roster they're on and are so grateful that they're not being double teamed, that they have these options to swing the ball around to versus I'm not sure if Brandon Ingram really views the game any differently playing with everyone here. I think he's still trying to score on his own. He's not very good off the ball and he doesn't really do a whole lot to make others better. So it's strange when he's cold essentially. And Anthony Edwards has kind of been the guy that we've nominated as the leader and probably our best shot maker. And, that all might be true, but so far he's getting a lot of open looks that I am have no problem with him taking, but he's just not making them. I I I don't know. I don't know what what else to say other than I think the bench looks like they're thrilled to be playing with superstars, and the starters seem like I can't believe I have to pass the ball to these guys. Maybe maybe that's a bit drastic, but that that's a huge difference of mentality when you're going out there. Things just seem to be just flowing real easy off the bench though with that second lineup. I mean, it just seems effortless we seem way way faster than the other team we seem like we're making better defensive plays the one thing I'll give the rest of the world credit for you know we've been talking about how the world's catching up to us and that there's all these international players and a lot of international stars but defensively I think the world still holds up really well they can be very physical with Team USA and I don't think our athleticism is quite the advantage that it was you know what 15 20 whatever years ago I, I think they they've caught up to some degree like, like physically, there, there's some really big guys out there that are throwing guys around. I mean, today with Greece, there's just big bodies out there. I think I was I said we should throw in Kessler. I was like, just throw another guy to throw a body at some of these guys in here, just just because we're getting beat around with these uh these undersized guys. And certainly, it's an advantage offensively. But uh, I I think it's just more credit to the the rest of the world uh, than, than anything else. But I. I don't feel worried about this at all. I still think this team can get it done. I think there's other teams that are interesting. Have, have you caught any of the other games? Not really. Just because the the American game has been the last game, and the other games are starting at uh, you know, 4.30 in the morning, so I, I've not uh, been getting up that early. Well, Canada's pretty good. I, I think you could argue that Shea Gil Gilchrist-Alexander may possibly be the best player in the tournament right now. They have just been great. He's a, He's incredibly... You just can't stop in the offense. He, on the transition, he's impossible. There, there's no guessing with it. You're going to end up fouling him, or he's just going to end up pulling up easy for a layup or a jump shot. I, I, I just think that that team could score. And I, I worry about the, the Dylan Brooks-Lou uh, Dort game where those guys just get hot and score, and suddenly that they have a solid defense and they're putting up points. I think that's the team I'd be most worried about. Uh, 
Latvia is a team that just consider continues to upset everyone, uh, even without Porzingis. So that's that's kind of just more of a wild card. Germany has played France, very well. France is already out. France is out, and that's a, that's a tribute to, to Latvia that, right there. That was care a surprise. Business. Is it? Is it? They have M- they have NBA players. They have and NBA so- players that are barely playing. I like Nick Batum. He's a role player. He's not much of a difference maker out there. Rudy Gobert, high contract, but I, man, that's just <laughs> I don't want to. But t- I'm just saying. I, talk I think bad. I think Rudy Gobert is more has a bigger advantage in the international game than in the NBA, where there's no defensive three seconds. There's the different goaltending rules. So I just thought you could almost play it more like college teams play it where you, he doesn't have to worry about staying out of the lane. You could just kind of park him down there and it just really deters guys from going into the lane. See, the, the problem with all that is you would, you would have to be good still. Like it doesn't make a difference. And that, that's oh, you're to just be, out. You're I'm just Gobert out. Is just toast. I'm there's out. Nothing there. I'm out. I, th- okay. Everything you just said should be true. Why didn't that happen? And, and, and you know, you could make the, uh, uh, God, who's the guy? He was on the Celtics. He was on the Knicks. He fell out. Of the it's rotation. not like he's playing the you know the prime Warriors right now. He's playing other European teams. Uh, so, Evan Fournier. I, I, he yeah. He doesn't. He can't even crack the lineup of, of of the Knicks right now, which aren't even a true championship contender right now. And yet he's supposed to be the star over here. He scores a bunch of points, but it doesn't lead to victories. I, I just think that we've these guys are nice players. They're, they're certainly NBA quality, but you know to say that they're threatening in any other way, and even as a as a group right now, I just don't think is. Is really that shocking? I, I, I think a team like Lithuania that just has like Valachunas, who's a monster on the boards, is far more intimidating than, than Rudy Gobert is. I don't know why it, he shouldn't be that way, but the difference making is, is just not there with him. I don't know. It's a chance to maybe maybe be I'm just hard getting caught Rudy. up with uh you know I read down the roster and it's oh I recognize these guys these guys are NBA or were formerly NBA guys and then other teams you know I read through New Zealand and just. No, no names stuck out. So just like, hey, if you got some names, that puts you ahead. And I'm not even saying they were, they were going to win the win the whole thing, but you figure you'd at least get out of out of group stage. And you, for I mean, I've they're the only ones I've heard that have been eliminated. I'm sure there's other teams that are eliminated, but that's the one that's really stuck out and has been getting harped on. You, you would think you knowing the NBA names and recognizing the NBA names would have more success than the teams where you don't even recognize a single one. Like, that's... Why didn't Wemby play? Sure seems like they could have used him. I heard that he's the you know the, the the best player in the world right now. Well, have you heard the rumors of the potential triple tower towers of, of France coming to the Olympics? Uh, they're going to be the host coming up, and the rumor is that Embiid may declare as a as a French uh, resident or whatever it ends up being, and they may have Gobert, uh, Wemby, and Embiid on on this team. Uh, Still got to pass it to Evan Fournier. I think that's still a flaw of this team. But, you know, that's that's certainly intriguing. The other teams across the nations do not have anything remotely close to that size. So that's – it's just something to think about. Um, I don't know if it'll happen. I actually doubt it'll happen. There's a chance he could play for a variety of other countries as well. Uh, and be a bit of an interna- international wanderer here. So that will be just something to keep an eye on, especially after – I'd call this a, a failure this year. I think they – I don't know if they were like a lock to medal, but I think they had an expectation of being – contenders for a medal and to not even advance out of the first with the names that you'd mentioned it, it is disappointing so I, I wonder if they do make some sort of adjustments or pitches uh being the host coming up uh going forward I'm, I'm really just keeping an eye out on on Canada and Germany and the U.S. I, I don't know I don't know if there's any other threats out there but if you're if you're waking up early for something those are the teams I'd keep an eye, an eye out for because you may you may see something cool man I, I I'm, I'm just intrigued by the Canada team 
outside of FIBA, I saw that you shared a basketball poll of basketball superpower options. There were four options, and I actually didn't hesitate on all this. I think there's one answer, and it's the right answer every single time, but I will tell you the four options. It was uh, LeBron dunking, Steph Curry shot making, Kyrie Irving handles, or the Kobe mentality. Uh, I'll let you answer first because I, I actually had issues with the the categories because of the LeBron advantages, I think I'd much rather just be his size than have his dunking ability. And then of the Kyrie handles, I think I'd rather have his finishing abilities, all the layups and the scoops and the, the, the hook shots, the lob shots. I, I think I'd rather have Kyrie's finishing skills than their handles. But uh, which uh, do you agree with that? And uh, which one did you pick? <laughs> Well, I didn't come up with the poll. This was floating around NBA Twitter last week. And I was just I was just shocked by by the results. I was so shocked that it's, it's like I, I need to talk about this with somebody else because I read it and immediately said, I would like to dunk like LeBron. That seems like that would be what most people would want to do. It was far and away Steph Curry's shot making. I want to say he was at 80 percent and the rest were all sprinkled on everything else. And I was very surprised by that. Not my choice. Not my choice. Was that your choice? No, I told you. Oh, you I did want the LeBron dunking. You did the dunking, dunking ability. Oh, I, 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 went with the I, can, co- I can shoot three-pointers right now. Kobe, yes, Kobe mentality. Having, having Steph's ability to expand the range, that'd be cool. But I can't dunk right now. So if I got LeBron's dunking, that would be something that I would add to my game that I have zero ability right now. If you had the Kobe mentality, you could do it all. You can, oh you can do the handles, you can do me? the shot making, you can do uh, the dunking, you can do the, the training, the dedication, the all of it. The mentality is the like craziest brand oversell like in history. Like, oh, you, you know, the mentality of just like, oh, he tries hard and, you know, likes to be, you know, a jerk to other people about like, no, no, winning, that's the only thing that matters. He stole it from Jordan. It's not original at all. It doesn't mean it's not more effective than any of the other skill sets. I think with the mentality, you could do all the other uh, skill sets. With there the, is no way. With the, with the LeBron no dunking, way. you're not learning how to dribble. I could have all the focus dribble. in the world. I could have all the focus in the world. I am not going to develop LeBron's dunking ability because I tried really hard every day. Not with that mentality. Absolutely not. There's no There's argument no to this. Way. This is the only right answer here. I don't understand the other options at all. You can't accomplish it. None of the other options help you accomplish anything else. The mentality helps you accomplish everything. I don't get I don't get what the mentality is. How is it different than grit? How is it different? How is it Kobe's thing special compared to any other athlete that is just focused? It's, you think he's more focused than other uh elite athletes? You think he's more focused? His mentality is different than LeBron's mentality? No, I think their commitment to the game was very, very similar. I, I think they have a, a very similar mentality. But LeBron's mentality wasn't on the list. I would have picked that, too. I would have picked Tom Brady's mentality. There's a whole bunch of successful people. But I'm saying out of this superpower skill set, I would rather have the mentality than any of the other ones. Why don't you just use that right now? I can, but it, it just I'm answering the poll here. I do have it. I'm doing a podcast right now. I've been doing it for like seven years. It's, it's a once a week. There's another guy who does it over the phone. What does that have to do with, with, with Kobe's mentality? Yeah, he's doing what he wants. He's focused on the things. I'm focused on the things I want. This is my mentality. I don't think that's what the mentality is. Uh, for the podcast? No, for the the, the, the the translation of it. Oh, what do you think it is? You think it's just you get a bunch of branding and commercials? Yeah, that's exactly what I think it is. I wouldn't mind that, too. 
I think I think it's like I said, I think it's brand nonsense that has uh you know gotten blown way out of proportion. Uh, that's just the column B mentality. That, that's you need some more column yeah. A in you. Uh, I don't know about that. All right, enough basketball talk. It's not even basketball season. I love FIBA, but that that's that's nonsense. That's some real summer topic. What what we need to do is prepare the listeners as well as ourselves and and put a stake in our in the ground and claim all our NFL picks. We're doing the NFC South today. Before we jump into that, let's do a quick little NFL news update since there was a trade this week. Trey Lance, former of the 49ers, has been traded to the Dallas Cowboys. I just love the drama that incorporates all of this of all the teams end up going to. This is this is perfect. I, I I can't wait for Dak to struggle a single game and for this to come up as such an unproven guy who may not even be healthy at the moment is is on the Cowboys and the bandwagon's already happened. It's, it, are you jumping on the Trey Lance one or do you think Dak actually finishes this year out? Or does Trey just out of the league in a year? Because that's more the reality that I'm getting a sense of. That seems to be more where it's headed. I think he's got a better chance, but you're going to be the third string guy in San Francisco. It wasn't like the guys ahead of him were, you know, absolutely elite guys. So if you can't beat them out, now you're behind Dak. And I I think this is just worse for Dak because he's had his, his struggles with interceptions. And so now if there's a possibility of a young guy behind him, and he starts to struggle, then it just gets thrown out there. So I, I don't think that's good for him. But I think that he'll be solid enough. I don't think he's going to completely fall apart where the team will actually say, let's go with Trey Lance here. I mean, do you put, like, some packages together for him? I mean, that's so college. They don't really do that in the NFL. Why else are they trading for him? I never, I don't understand this. I understand the value of being able to grab somebody where the Niners have such a sunk cost in all this because of the – the draft day trade to get Lance to go up and do all that. And then holding on to him for however many years here with the injuries and then getting what they got back from certainly wasn't anything, but they did get something and they don't necessarily need him this year, despite being desperate for him the past couple of years. I, I just don't know if I would have wanted to welcome this to my team when I already do have a starting quarterback that I'm pretty comfortable with. I much more would have rather made a trade for Lance if I was at a questionable quarterback or, or maybe even just another young guy who, who just hasn't been in the league for two years. That, Especially, uh, we're, we're a week out from the season starting. You know, uh, maybe maybe you know, it's less than two weeks, you know, a little more than a week, but there, there's, there's not a lot of time here. It's a questionable trade. I don't blame the Niners for moving on. I'm not sure if I was Dallas, I'd, I, this is the move I would have made or the guy I would have wanted to add. It could we could be totally wrong on the upside of this could be massive. I I, I just don't like he was what the I've, number three pick not that long ago. I've seen every time like, I've seen a play it hasn't looked great. You can't though. make misses like this. Like I, I can't believe last week, you know, we're talking about the, the 49ers being Super Bowl contenders. Like I think did we both say we thought they were they're gonna be the ones coming out of the uh the NFC? And it's like not that long ago, you had a huge miss. Yeah, imagine adding imagine you get that right. I mean, just imagine, yeah. you get, imagine you get the number three over the pick overall and Trey Lance ends up being an awesome quarterback and he's healthy the last two years. And who, who knows? I mean, we don't get end up with Brock Purdy right now, but we don't end up with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo on and off. And then there's just a higher ceiling to it all. And I, I, I'm fascinated Part, to see what, partially what happens. Partially Christian McCaffrey at quarterback <laughs> that, that's, in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, maybe they maybe they should have kept Lance. Maybe maybe it's worth having a third string when, when you're the San Francisco 49ers. Uh 
I don't know. It's interesting nonetheless. I, I'm sure it'll be a storyline because Dallas uh, doesn't really know how to ignore any storyline. So I, I, I can't wait for this to kind of linger and hang around and just poke at Dallas all year round. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do I got, the. I got one last thing. I got one last thing to put a little bow on this that I saw someone had had posted. And I had to. I had to actually look it up. So, the Cowboys gave up a fourth round pick. That is the same round pick that the Patriots gave up for Randy Moss back in 2007. So just to give you an idea of like how low people were on Randy Moss at that time, I mean, it's practically two decades ago. So everything's like a little bit different, but just both traded for fourth round picks. Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident saying that he he's not Randy Moss. I don't think he'll ever be Randy Moss, but that is a far. I think a funny that's value. also fair. That's a, it is a funny value thing here. All right, how about we start with the NFC South? Now, I have a lot of notes in front of me. I have a lot of numbers crossed out and a lot of reordering and rearranging to the point where I may just make all this up off the top because I don't have a whole lot of confidence in anything of either of these divisions, the, the AFC South or the NFC South. I feel a little bit better about the NFC South, so we're going to start with that first. Somebody new is nor like, what, what is it, like uh, – like 75% of the time, there's like a new division winner every year. It's, it's like the, the team that half the teams that made it the year before don't make it the next year. So it's not unusual for this to be a new team. That being said, I don't like any of the options across the board here. And I have I've kind of settled on the Atlanta Falcons being the number one team of the NFC South. I just think that they can run the ball better than any other team. And I looked across their schedule and there really isn't an offense that fears me where I don't think that the, the issues that they're going to have on scoring are really going to come across as an issue. Like, I don't think there's any defenses they need to worry about. I don't think their defense is that good, but I'm not even sure if Desmond Ritter is that good. But I think B. John Robinson, this offensive line, Cordell Patterson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts is, is enough to win this division. And it's not saying much, but it's also just acknowledging the other dumpster fires across this division here. Uh, I, I, if you go across their schedule, I think they have three games of which they may have a hard time scoring with the other team, and that's at Detroit, maybe at Jacksonville, and maybe at the Jets. Those are three maybes. I don't even think those are the greatest offenses, but I'd say those are the only ones that I think you're going to be worried about Ritter not being able to score. I don't think this is Super Bowl bound, so I'm not saying there's pure dominance here. All these teams might split win-loss with one another, but I, I, I just I settled on this because I, I, you go through the other ones, and I don't, I don't feel great. Did you have Atlanta as the winner of the NFC South? No, I did not. Did you have them at two? I had them at two. Okay, I feel a little bit better now. Uh, comfort me a little bit. Who'd you have at one? I went with the Saints at one. Similar to what you said, you kind of look through this this division and just go, oh, oh boy, that that's not great. You, you go through the quarterbacks. Saints have uh, Derek Carr. You got Desmond Ritter, who you just mentioned on Atlanta. This is his second year. This will be his first full year if he, he makes it through. Uh, Panthers are going with uh, first pick Bryce Young. And then the Buccaneers are picking up Baker Mayfield. And he has not been so successful. So I don't think that Derek Carr is any sort of world beater. But out of all the other guys, he's like the adult in the room. So just on the – I think he will make the least amount of mistakes – I th I'm going to I'm going to go with him. I think he's got a uh, Alave and Alvin Kamara will come back, so he is going to have some weapons around him and I think it's just it's just going to be enough. He's going to have to play these other teams and I think he's just going to be able to come out on top just being confident. All right, here are the arguments for New Orleans. They may have the best quarterback in the division, which again is not saying much. 
and they may have the best defense in the division, which also may not be saying much. There's a known commodity in Derek Carr, but there, I also think that there's a known ceiling with it that comes with it, that I, I just can't say it's going to get better than this. But that may be good enough to win it, too. But I'm, I'm taking the field. I'm going with Carolina at two. I put New Orleans at three, and I, and I put Tampa at four just because of the unknown potential of, of Bryce Young. And I don't think Thielen's bad. I don't think Miles Sanders' bad. I don't think DJ Shark is bad. And I think their line's solid. And if they could just run the ball enough that there's there's a division here where this could actually work and this could actually be a lot better. Versus I won't be shocked if New Orleans is just mediocre and that a better potential comes, comes across and just has a higher ceiling and that develops in a season. Because, again... All, all they got to do is beat each other right now, and none of these teams have, have a great punch, and all of them, I think, could beat one another. It's like, I, I, I don't, the only one I don't think really has a chance is Tampa Bay, and that Super Bowl hangover certainly kicked in, and I don't think Baker will finish the year with them, and I don't know if it'll just stop with who's ever up next after Baker. They may, they may run through like three or four quarterbacks this year in, in Tampa Bay. I, I think that's going to be a pretty rough year. Um, I could see this rotating any other way, too. I could see Carolina winning it. I could see New Orleans winning it. I could see Atlanta winning it. I, I, but if I had to bet on them, I, I'd, I'd go with Atlanta 1. I'd take Carolina 2. And I'd put New Orleans 3. And I'd put Tampa Bay 4. Uh, how, how did your list line out? Uh, what do you have at 3 and 4? Panthers, then Buccaneers. Yeah, no love for Baker, right? That's, I think that's the only one I felt good about was the, the teams that I was picking last. <laughs> Well, I think they got they, they have a shaky old line, and I was actually just listening to uh, Mike Lombardi on Bill Simmons earlier today, and I think Mike Lombardi does a, does a really good job. He, he gets into the, the X's and O's a little bit better. I think he makes it just with his uh, analogies makes it real easy to uh, to understand. But saying that you know having a good quarterback, it, it's like a deodorant for the rest of the team, and so it'll hide some of the other smelly parts. And they've had Tom Brady over there, and I think we're gonna find that there's some smelly parts that when Tom Brady isn't there. It, it's going to stink. All right. Fancy tips for this division. I would gamble on Bijan Robinson. I think I would too. I wrote him down. I actually think I would gamble on Cordell Patterson at the right price or uh, whatever other running backs they, en they end up having in, in Atlanta. I just think they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, I don't have a whole lot of attraction to Drake London or Kyle Pitts because I just think they're going to run the ball a ton. I hope, I hope Kyle Pitts is healthy this year. It seems like he's one of those uh, fantasy guys. The past couple of years, there's just been a, a ton of hype about him, and it's like when this guy's healthy, yeah, he's gonna be, you know, absolutely amazing and gonna set the world on fire. And he just hasn't been healthy. So just as a, you know, fan of football, to get a tight end that's just amazing, I think that'd be fun. Uh, and then last week, I think I said Olave, and I think you said Michael Thomas. Uh, obviously, you want to get them at appropriate times. I wouldn't be reaching for them, but if they're there and it's not much of a reach, I think they're. They're pretty solid bets. I mean, Carr is going to be slinging that thing around. I, 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 I think skill-wise that those those may be some of the most talented people in this whole division. So I, that hopefully pans out just as just fine. Uh, but I, I'd be high on Bijan. I wouldn't take him number one, but uh, I would take him in the first round, and I wouldn't hesitate on that. Uh, all right, AFC South. Moving on. Uh, you want to go first on this one? Who do you got up top here? You, you want to be the one to, to guess this one, this shaky, shaky division here? Because I've rearranged this one more than anything else. There's... Sure. Who you got at one? We, uh, we, <laughs> once again, as uh, as I do with all these, quarterback is the most important 
position on any NFL team and going through the list, you have Trevor Lawrence, got some promise. Things look really good. You got Ryan Tannehill, uh, I don't know so much, with two young backups behind him. They drafted another young guy, kind of wondering what, what, what the deal is there. Then you have two rookies on the other teams there. So I think it's just real easy. You just go with Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be the MVP of the league, but he is an above average quarterback. And I think he can get the job done. And just the all, all other three are, I guess the, the two rookies are unknown qualities. And I think we kind of know what Ryan Tannehill is. And I put him more in the Derek Carr uh, situation of yep, just kind of middle of the road. Shouldn't kill you, but it's not really going to jump anything out. But Trevor Lawrence, he can win you some ball games. I'm so out on Jacksonville. I think this is all fake news. I think Calvin Ridley hasn't played in three years. I think the Jacksonville line is bad. I think their defense isn't improved. I don't. I like Christian Kirk. I like ETN. I, I hope that they find a rhythm, and I, I do like Trevor Lawrence. I think he is by far the best quarterback of this. I just, I like. I think they have a bad line, and it's not going to matter. I think he's going to have to win games for them, and that's going to be really hard if they're not able to keep him off his back. I think Tennessee still having Derrick Henry is, is a huge difference. Where if the other team just doesn't put up a lot of points, they're going to be able to get the job done just running the ball and scoring off of just field goals. Tannehill has has been better. He wasn't very good last year, but I do think bringing back Traylon Burks, who will be healthy this year, adding DeAndre Hopkins is also a huge addition. He was much, much better when he had A.J. Brown on his team, who he lost last year. Hopkins should certainly be an addition that even, even if it is Tannehill this year, that, that'll be an improvement. And coaching. I just think Vrabel, I'm, I'm giving him the, the Belichick points similar to like Saban I would in Alabama and uh, in Denver right now. He just signed. I'm blanking on it. I just talked about this last week. Uh, who's the coach in Denver now? He was in New Orleans. Uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. I'm, I'm adding wins for Vrabel. I, I just think that his coaching is really, really solid and a lot more trustworthy than a lot of the other question marks across across the board here. I think Anthony Richardson is, is certainly interesting in Indianapolis, and I think that there's a world where how if Jonathan Taylor was just willing to cooperate and they were willing to cooperate with him, that that could be a truly lethal combo of, of some run options here, having Jonathan Taylor or holding on to it with Anthony Richardson. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, is it seems like that that marriage is over. And then I think the interesting thing with Houston is that they made so many moves for their picks this year that they don't have a first-round pick next year because – they made a move to get the defensive guy this year. So, like, they, they're not playing to tank is what, is what I'm saying through Houston. Like, they, they have to play to win. Like, losing doesn't really help them going forward into next year. So, th I, I just think that's interesting versus last year. I know they were for sure tanking for picks. I don't they, – they don't have that advantage this year, and I also think that they're the least talented team in the division. So, it'll be interesting whether they have a little extra, extra push here and they're not going to be the pushover team I think they were last year. I got Jacksonville at two, I got Indy at three, I got Houston at four, and I'm going with Tennessee at number one for for Vrabel. I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like Jacksonville. I don't like that they've just nominated Calvin Ridley as, as this instant comeback player of the year. Who's the last guy that missed this much time and came back and was relevant? Well, usually when you miss this much time, it's because you tore your ACL or I don't know, the kind of the weird Michael Thomas, like some sort of injury that lasted a while. He just missed it because he was suspended for gambling. So he should have been able to work out in the in the off season and should be should be fine. I don't think he'll be fine. I, I don't like I don't like a player that's missed for those reasons as well as there were some mental health issues over there. This is a hard game, man. It's week to week. 
I just I don't trust him. I just don't trust him. And they've immediately said like this is going to be a triple threat with all these guys, and I I don't I'm not buying into it. I'm not buying into it. There's a chance it works out. It works out great, but I I just don't. I mean, see he's it. not even he's not even past past thirty. I, I see no reason why he wouldn't be able to get to that level he was at before. All right, so you would draft him. Oh yeah. I see. I had him. He was a keeper of mine in Atlanta. I was a huge fan. I, I thought he was. A- I, I would say if he if it, if he was past thirty, or if this was an injury, even I think if he was if it was injury the past year, I think it changes it a little bit. But I don't think because you got caught gambling and you couldn't play for a year that you just like forget how to play football. I'm sure he was still training and still doing everything and you know ramping back up. And I think it's gonna have way more to do with the chemistry with the quarterback. Any any anything to deal with that, you know than. Not no, just, he's not gonna forget how to play football. That's all I'm saying. I I would draft Christian Kirk over him, and I I would not take Calvin Ridley this year. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not scared. If you want to draft Lawrence, the, the quarterback selections are kind of rough, and I suppose you could look at it as a bright side that he gets to play everybody in this division every week. But I just think it's gonna be a lot sloppier than everyone's expecting. I I don't think this team was remotely close to dominant last year. I thought they made some excellent plays and some big games, but across the season. It really wasn't anything to be frightened of, and I think the consistency of Tennessee is far more reliable than anything I saw from Jacksonville last year. I'm, I'm out on them. I wanted, I wanted to put them. If Jonathan Taylor was lining up and said, like, I'm all in on the Colts, and this all this didn't happen the last couple of weeks, I'd have Jacksonville at three. I fought like hell to try to find it a way to put Indianapolis or Houston even ahead of Jacksonville. I just couldn't find a way to do it. It doesn't make any sense. Jonathan Taylor's your best player. He's not coming. You don't want him there, and you just signed another guy who's never done this before. Like, this, this is stupid. This should be so much better for everybody if they just paid Taylor the money that he's worth and see what they got with Anthony Richardson and him. Because I, I do think that could be a really, really lethal combo that the rest of the league is just not ready for. Is that is what that what is it about? What is it about Vrabel that you think like moves the needle? Like I, I get with Sean Payton, you know, he, he and Drew Brees, they had a lot of success together. They, they did things, but I, I mean. I like him because he's a former Patriot, but the guy went seven and ten last year and ended the year on a seven-game losing streak. So I just don't see him as this. Oh no, like he's he's got to figure it out kind of kind of dude. I think a lot of things went wrong last year, and he was still able to get the wins he got. It wasn't a great finish of it, but you know, look at everything that happened. I mean, he didn't have offensively; it wasn't quite what they wanted. They had no aerial threat, and I think they just have a little bit more of that from last year. That's that's something to go with. They'll be better than they were last year. It might not be anything spectacular, but I don't think Jacksonville's better than they were last year. I'm not sure if Tennessee's that much better than they were last year. But I do think bringing Hopkins in and Burks can stay healthy, those are two threats you didn't have last year that could maybe make this work. There's also this what-if of unknown of what if uh, the Will Levis guy is good. That's possible, right? Is Is that insane? Like, what if Anthony Richardson's good? What if C.J. Stroud is good? You know, CJ and Damian Pierce and what do they got? Robert Woods over there and uh, Dil- Dylan Schultz. That's that's solid. Like, what if what if that's good? Is there? I is, mean, is there one wide receiver on the Texans that's getting drafted in fantasy? I think CJ is just he's not exactly getting set up for success with those uh, skill position guys. You wouldn't. Uh, I, w- I would take Schultz to tight end for fantasy. You you wouldn't take him even even with the rookie quarterback staying away. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you gotta you gotta pick somebody. I think but, he's a safety player. Uh, I, I meant I meant more the like the actual wide receivers. I, I mean, he's a, he's a pass catcher for sure. But 
Ish. I'm with you on the receivers, but I, I, I think I would, I would advise that was gonna be my fantasy tip is I, w- I would draft uh, Dylan Schultz. I thought he was excellent for Dallas. I thought it was actually kind of a huge loss for them there. And I think if the rookie's gonna fall in love with somebody who's just safety blanket, th- this guy checks that box. <laughs> the other team's gonna know that too, but I, <laughs> he's gonna have to throw to someone. And and I, I don't know if it's gonna necessarily be deep routes. It could be just short little dinks and dunks. And I, I think Schultz will do that that well. Uh, fancy tips for for this one. I wouldn't take Calvin Ridley. That's one. I would take Dylan Schultz. That's one. Uh, what do you got? That can't be right. What? It's not Dylan Schultz. Oh, it's not Dylan Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It's the Schultz. Oh, it's the Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan Schultz was was uh, a guy from high school. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, no, that, sound, are, that sounds the, right. Then it was like, wait a minute. Hold these on. are these are the comments that I will get on the on the Facebook right now. These are the messages I'm getting of like, hey, you said the wrong name. Like, well, did you know who I was talking about? Like, yeah, but all right, then did leave me alone. All right, then you, you know who I'm talking about. What is the first name though? How do you not know this? Well, now, now, now I can't think of it because now all now all I can think of is, is one. <laughs> Now you got it. Now you got it in my head. Oh man, what a mess! No, my fantasy advice for this one is: uh, don't gamble and pick Jonathan Taylor. This could really just be a uh, moot point because I, I think a move has to happen sooner rather than later. But from what I've been seeing in drafts, he is still going at, like right, pretty much where he would go if you knew he was playing. So I guess the assumption is still that whatever happens, he's going to get it figured out. But I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't draft him. I, I don't want to be dealing with that. Your second or third round pick and is unsure. I, I think you're going to get burned. It's Dalton Schultz. I was not that far off. Dalton Dylan. No, all right. I, that's where I was so close, but it was like it's not quite right. And once you, you put it in my head, I couldn't get. I couldn't think of any other names that began with D. The, the names you haven't said in years. I, I, that's it's like I just blindsided us with old knowledge. You like open a open a closet door to a name I haven't said in forever. Uh, Dalton yeah. Schultz. I would draft Dalton Schultz, the football player. And Dylan's a great guy, too. I would draft him as well. I'm sure he's very competitive in his own league, but uh, he's on the fantasy side, I imagine. Uh, would you would you draft Anthony Richardson? Or would you draft any quarterback in this division? Outside of Lawrence? Not, oh. Well, with, with the caveat, I did draft Anthony Richardson last night, but it was a 16-team league, so pretty deep and so just kind of got to a point and you you know you got to pick somebody so i don't know if i would do it in a standard 10 or 12 team but it's it's one of those things with with a deep league like that and you kind of had to remind me midway through you're just going to have holes places so you got to kind of pick do you want the hole at tight end do you want it running back where do you want it and so i'm really hoping that he's a an electric player maybe in the the, the justin fields mode where you know, the team's not winning a lot. He's really not uh, throwing the ball that much, but he is running and he is just racking up the points. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I think there's hope he could rush. You kind of spoiled it because you said you were out on Jonathan Taylor, but I was one of the questions I had written down here was, do you think Jonathan Taylor or Anthony Richardson will have more yards for the Colts this year, uh, rushing yards? But uh, obviously if it's trending towards he may not even suit up for Indianapolis, that it's really not much of a question anymore. But it, in the scenario that they he did play and he did suit up, I I still I think Anthony's gonna have a ton of yards this year, and it'll be kind of like Fields last year where there may be a bunch of interceptions and turnovers tagged onto it. But I think 
I think he's going to be out there and he's going to be competing. And one of the things I wrote down for fantasy advice here is that you may want to draft one of the defenses in the in this division because they're going to be playing one of the teams in this division. I don't know which defense it would be, but by the end of the year, you're going to look back and say, "Well, if I'd had this one defense who'd played one of these four te- one of these three teams every week, that I, I might have had a decent shot." I-, I can't advise for it against other teams outside of the division, but I-, I do think that there will be a winner somewhere in here somewhere. Uh, you you got any guesses on which one you would maybe take a stab at? Like, is Tennessee the one? Is Jacksonville the one? I don't know if I want any of these. Don't want any of them. I don't think I don't think that defense is is that any of them are that elite that you get the advantage where the defense has to be pretty good to take advantage of a bad quarterback. So if your defense is not that good, then I I think you're better off with with other strategies. Uh, I guess I was just more hoping that you'd get the the rookie quarterback that has no idea what they're doing, especially early on. I, I think that's that's an opportunity to maybe take an advantage. But- always, always, always an option. But I think something to to think about is these rookies, all the ones that we've talked about. Uh, Anthony Richardson, fourth pick. C.J. Stroud, second pick. Uh, Bryce Young. You know, when we were talking about the NFC South before, number one pick. So these are like the top of the top. So have known for a while that they're going to be starting. This isn't like it's it's week four, and you know maybe like a, a Ryan Tannehill goes down, and now all of a sudden. Well, we didn't really want to start this guy, but we're we're kind of forced to. It's hey, we drafted this guy high. We want to know immediately: is this a franchise quarterback, and he's going to be our guy for the next ten to fifteen years, or do we have to go back to the drawing board? So I think just just think all rookies aren't created equal. There's going to be a lot of them playing this year. I have no idea if this is a good trend or a bad trend. Like our half, the, bad. are half these guys even going to be playing quarterback in three years? I guess, no. Are these bad teams just going to constantly just shuffle through all all of this top talent every year? I, I mean, you 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 go back and look at uh the past decade of top picks, and for whatever reason, it's just really hard to evaluate in college beforehand. All right. How about we do a little recap of last week's poll, which actually ended up being a draw here. So. Uh, it means I wasn't right. Neither were you. Uh, no, I have no idea what it means. There's definitely a little biased poll voting going on there. Maybe a little scandalous, but uh, I appreciate everyone for voting. We'll, we'll post up another poll again this week. Make sure you're following us on our Facebook page, Little of Column A, Little of Column B podcast, uh, as well as Zach at his Twitter and our Twitter, which are. Mine is Wicked Seaman Man 24, and uh, the podcast hmm. is. LCA LCB podcast. Uh, and we're going to try to get that YouTube page up and running a little bit more, really push some more content, a lot of short clips and stuff like that. You can find on Facebook as well as YouTube and our Instagram, which is the same as the Twitter LCA LCB podcast. Uh, trying to try to make that a little bit more active. I think this is our peak season right now with the FIBA going on and football kicking in we're doing picks every week, leading into basketball. Very, very exciting. Uh, there, I did see a couple other minor, minor basketball stories lingering kind of just outside of this. I, I saw some Giannis stuff that was a little head scratching, and I saw some Knicks. Oh, before Raptors you go to, to the basketball, do you want do you want my fantasy football advice for the week? Oh, there's more. Yes, we do. Yeah, I, I came up. Well, last last week I didn't realize you were going to be asking me specifically for each uh, 
each each division. So this week I've prepared and I had one for each division, and then I just I have like one more kind of almost general, like I did last week with the uh, the the suggestion or was uh, was Michael Thomas, but was just saying when you get to those mid later rounds, you're looking for boom bust guys. So this week, what you want to do is when you get to that similar round and on top of looking for boom bust guys, this is kind of part of it. Look at the week one rankings, not just the draft rankings. Once you, you get down to that part point, like I mentioned last week, these guys aren't going to start week one. They're probably not going to start until a bye week. So all of the draft rankings, they're all looking for between now and the end of the year, what is, what is a guy projected for? But really, you might just be looking for, hey, what's a guy going to do week one? Who's backing up Alvin Kamara? All right. Yeah, he's not going to play once Kamara comes back. But for right now, you know what? He might be worth it, especially in some of these deeper leagues where a, a week one win, it counts just as much as a full strength uh, week nine win. So make sure you're looking. Look at those week one rankings. See if there's any guys that are way higher and you might be able to get a sneaky start, maybe at a flex spot, just something to help you out with. And don't draft Calvin Ridley. That's Will's advice. <laughs> Uh, what about Michael Pittman? We staying away from him. Uh, he he worked out real well for you, right? It wasn't his fault. <laughs> Somebody has to throw. I, I don't the ball. remember. I don't remember all the. Uh, I don't remember the details around it, but I remember being on your team, and I remember that you uh, you didn't have the funnest of fantasy times. So I just imagine it was because of Michael Pittman. Uh, it was uh it was Javante, uh, who is somehow still running for Denver this year. It doesn't make sense. He should be out for I don't know any time frames anymore. You just you're like superhumans. You go to some international place and they fix you and then you come back and you're you're just ready to go in months. Uh that that was a big loss last year and it terrifies me of his future going forward. Uh, <laughs> uh all right, a uh, couple more uh basketball news here. I saw Giannis making some statements talking about not wanting to sign with Milwaukee long-term until a championship roster had been essentially brought to him in Milwaukee, which is kind of a strange time to be saying something right now. Are we shocked by this? I mean, I don't think there's shockingness that he's trying to get them to do as much as possible. I just thought the announcement of it was a little un -Giannis like Is that is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. Uh, this just seems to be the direction that the NBA is going in, in but it is odd because Giannis usually doesn't make these sorts of statements, as well as they won a championship not that long ago, and one of the reasons that they won it is because they moved mountains to get Drew Holiday there. So it's not like they don't have the appetite for it. I'm sure they're if they're not in the luxury tax, they got to be close to it, but they used a ton of draft capital sending it to, to, to the Pelicans, you can only play that card once and then you have to wait a while till you restock your draft capital. So I'm not sure what Giannis wants them to do. I thought they, they kept all the roster, all the key rosters, uh, players that they wanted from the previous year. You know, they, they bring back Brooke Middleton in theory should be even healthier going and brought back Robin. Sure. I, an addition right there. Uh, I, I think Giannis being hurt is is also something that's that's forgotten right now. Where he like what does he almost breaks his back for like two games and still comes back and plays? 
uh, in the first round last year. That's as long as he's healthy. I'm not saying that they have no chance of like I'm not saying they're locked to be constantly for a championship team contending, but I think as long as he's on the team, they have a decent shot at always being there. They'll need a little bit more help around him, but I don't think it takes that much. I think the hard thing is just finding a player like Giannis and that they have a guy like that. So whatever it takes to keep this guy happy, there's no getting anything back for him if you trade him. Like, what could you ever ask in return for Giannis? There, it, well, there isn't an equivalent. So you have to do whatever he says to all this. I, I just find it fascinating because he's such a team forward player. I mean, even in like the All-Star game, he's drafting Middleton ahead of everyone else. We all know Middleton isn't worth the first pick of that All-Star game draft. He's nope. He's borderline lucky to be even in in the draft. So that's, I I think it's all fair to say. Uh, but it's also like they have made some moves, and I don't think the moves have been, uh, nearly as boneheaded as some of the other teams that have been, kind of strangleholded into into the situation where they just have to do everything. But of the guys that I would move mountains for, I think this is one of the guys that's worth it, right? Like the Giannis, you, you do whatever you have to. I and. I think there's other organizations that are on the cheaper side or you know, haven't shown that they're willing to be all in. I, I think that Milwaukee has, has done that. They're a smaller market, but like, like I said, there's only so many times you can do the hear all of the assets, all of our draft picks for this guy. It's all right. Well, this is the team now and the team gets older and you can't just flip an aging Middleton for a younger you know newer less expensive model just that's not how it works yeah the the talent across the nba is is also constantly growing where so i think some of these older guys are just going to get aged out eventually if it isn't already happening now there's a whole new crew of young guys coming in every year uh all right uh i i did see that you had some nicks uh toronto business drama uh, of which there's a there's a lawsuit someone someone's being sued yeah the Knicks <laughs> a complaint accuses a former team employee of funneling proprietary information to Raptors management. What makes this super unusual is that we as, as fans, it's, you know, we're Celtics fans. So the other team fans, they're the others. And, you know, it's all split up. Like we're this team, they're that team. But really the NBA, it's the association. That's the company. To them, the, the different teams are just different sections of the company. So that's why you don't really see this. There's all that's the, the, this has to do with the whole collective bargaining agreement and all of the rules there. That this is supposed to be taken care of by the league. This is not supposed to go outside of the league to the to, to the legal system. So this is super unusual to, to to see this. Is it also always happening though? Like, does everybody have somebody in the office of another office? It, it must. Like, so is, this must have been extra this... malicious. I got to imagine this is similar to uh, the, what is it? You can't, you know, talk to free agents ahead of time, but there's ways of back channeling and it's almost legal cheating. So I got to imagine this is a situation where it's pretty much constantly happening. You know, if, if you work for one team and that team says, we don't want you to work here anymore. Another team says, we will offer you more money, you know, better role or something. You go over there and then you tell them what the other team, what, you know, what they're doing. I mean, definitely there's some, probably some proprietary information there, but there's probably a way to go about it. And I just think it must've been so blatant or something. There's some real bla bad blood around or something for them to try to make this a, a legal case. 
What do you think they have? They must have some sort of proof to go to this degree. It's it's not really benefiting of the accusation because I think you could make that accusation to every team any time. Like they must have caught, like somebody screwed up, and, it, and it's it's not even that you broke the rule; it's that you got caught. Uh, that that just baffles me a little bit more. At all this, I, like, is it an email? Like, what they they found text? Like, there's there has to be a communication path of something. That's that's alarming enough to, to go to this degree, as well as like what do you what do you think it was? Do you, do you think do you think it's like they're not they're unhappy? Like Evan Fournier is really looking to get out of here. We're, you know, like what? I I just wonder what it was. I wonder what the the controversy could be. It's yeah, that's what I wonder. Yeah, what's this proprietary information? Because that makes it sound all fancy and everything. But is it just? Hey, guess what? The Knicks love to trade their first round pick for an aging superstar. Yeah, or or is it just like, hey, the guys don't really like playing forty minutes a night. Like Thibodeau is, uh, yeah, right. You know, is it, or I mean, I'd love for it to be some sort of basketball wisdom that we've never heard, and it would knock our socks off. But it's just, hey, three pointers are worth more than two pointers. No, I, don't know if you no, heard, I, I got you. That's... I got you. R J is really a righty, or uh, Julius is really right handed. Like it, we've, uh, we've, yeah. he's been doing it wrong for for all these years. This is this highly proprietary proprietary information getting out there watch yeah. out <laughs> uh, that might even be uh you know uh, a hipaa situation there oh man uh all right we're closing out here you started with college football i kind of railroaded you into stopping here but how, how about you give me something to look forward to this saturday we had week zero last week i believe we got week uno this week well any anything in college football we should keep an eye out for I don't have anything real specific. Week one is not necessarily the uh, you got like the juiciest of matchups. It's just more the we're gonna go quantity over quality this week. I think we have games starting on Thursday. I think we might even have some games on Monday. It's just cool. College has like this standalone week, long weekend, tons of opportunity to watch football. You don't even need to worry about NFL. You don't need to worry about your fantasy team just yet. You can just find a game throughout. Throughout the, the, the whole week, normal times, you don't have to wake up early. You can stay up as late as you want watching these games. There'll be West Coast games, all sorts of, uh, of fun things going on. I think all the all the ranked teams got to be got to be playing, and it's going to be a lot of blowouts. But with there being so many games, you're going to find something. There'll be some upset somewhere along the way, and just fun. Like, football will be back. It'll matter. Get your bets in. Have a good weekend. And uh, lastly, what what division you want to do next week? Did I, I say North next week? Is that North? Yes. Oh, no, we got to do both next week. North and East. Yep, yep, because next week will, uh, is the last pod before we will have NFL football. All right, well, best of luck in all your fancy drafts if uh, you don't get to us before your next our next podcast. We're going to try to get it out next Monday. Uh, I know I got a draft that day, so it's all, it's all happening. Game day is right around the corner here. Uh, enjoy your college football and root for Team USA. It's, it's not that early. It's just early enough. Get it, get it out of the way early. You know, just get on the treadmill. Go, you, go watch the you, game. You, you say that Wednesday's game. You're gonna find out who the true Americans are. Four thirty, a.m. Not a problem. Weekday, easy. Not an issue. All right, we'll be back. Thank you as always for listening. column A, little column B.